I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Barton. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Coming at you with some uh, intro music that we've never had before. Why is that the case, Peter? Well, we have a very, 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 very... How long is this podcast? Can I keep saying very? <laughs> we only have very like 12 special, minutes, dude. We only have like 12 minutes. <laughs> a very special guest and honored guest, my dear friend, the amazing musician, saxophonist, Miss Tia Fuller. Yes, 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 yes. Aww, thank you, Peter. What's up, Tia? <laughs> What's up? It's, it's really an honor to be a part of this oh, uh, your open studio podcast. It's so great to have you here. This has been an amazing week. We're playing music music together every night we're doing some workshops here we're talking about music and uh it's exciting to be hanging with you and making music and talking about it especially now because there's some some big industry news that we'll get to in a second that we want to talk to you about but the some buzz maybe there's a little buzz a little there's buzz a little buzz happening. in there can you feel it i can feel <laughs> it yeah, yeah. um but tia your story you're from denver colorado originally for anybody that doesn't know uh, and a lot of people you know you kind of came to people's attention when you did some touring with that what's that pop singer who kind of faded away a few years ago i don't know if you remember her beyonce I've beyonce her. Yeah, yeah, yeah i've heard of her i've heard of her so let's get that out of the way because i know people always asking you but i mean that's actually when i first i'd heard about you mm-hmm. and i knew you were a killing jazz player but then they were like yeah tia fuller's doing the beyonce yeah i was like what and then i heard i was like oh damn she's really doing it um so uh you know how 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 was that experience in terms of what you know all the things that you've done before that and your training and stuff and then being kind of thrust into that amazing experience in that whole world yeah well that experience um it came at a time it was really interesting because it it came at a time where i was um i was in the midst of recording my first album for mac avenue records Mm -hmm. which essentially was my second album um but the my first album i actually did was self-produced so Mm -hmm. it was it was really a stressful time because i was trying to write and you know trying to practice and you know that whole uh, process of yeah. you're writing more because you're trying to and you can't get to your instrument but then you get to the gig so ironically enough um a number of different people uh, were texting me and emailing me and calling me saying, dude, you need an audition for Beyonce. She's having um, an auditions for an all-female band. Love you got to do it. And um, so pretty much I went to the audition after a rehearsal that I was having for mm-hmm. um, for my group going into the studio later that week. And literally... I knew that this was divine order because if it had happened any other way as far as just the construction of the days and when I got calls, I wouldn't have been able to do the audition. So literally Monday, I went to go and audition at Sony Studios for Beyonce Mm -hmm. and there was a line like all the way outside of the house or all the way outside of the studio around the corner going down the street, whatever street, like 56th Street or whatever that was. And I was like... There's no way I'm waiting in this line. That was that's at least eight hours. <laughs> Anyone with a lead was ready. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I strategically kind of finagled my way closer to the front of the oh, line. Come on now. And um, walked up there, auditioned, and then um, the next day went into the studio. It was like Thursday, or I'm sorry, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and uh, it was Friday evening that I got a call back from Beyonce. Mm. And this was after my, my the first recording for Healing Space with Mac Avenue Records. Mm. And um, they said, well, you made the second tier. Come on in. Mm. And then from that, we had another audition Saturday. 
um, ironically enough, Beyonce walked into my audition because she wasn't a part of everybody else's audition, right. but she randomly came in. I remember she had on this these white spandex. She had on all white, and her hair was pulled back and had on no makeup, but was just angelic looking. Mm. And uh, I walked in there, and I played. I think we were playing Deja Vu or something. Mm. Uh, that was her new single. And then we were all in the room and the musical director came back and called everybody's name and my name wasn't called. And so when everybody went to the other room, I was like, oh man, I guess I didn't make it. Mm. And surely enough, the uh, musical director came back in and said, Dia Fuller? And I was like, yeah. She was like, Beyonce specifically asked for you. Ooh. And I was so like, So you pushed what? everyone else out the way. <laughs> Excuse me. I, I, me and Bay about to get it on. <laughs> Bam. No. But, and then the next day we had to come back for callbacks. It was the third one. And they were, I mean, they had narrowed down from like 5,000 women what? nationwide to about 50 of us right. the last day. And um, we all played as a band. And then basically... Um, I remember looking up, it was Beyonce, Jay-Z, Miss Tina, uh, Kelly Rowland. They were all just standing there. And we were, the band that got chosen, we didn't know at the time, but but everybody was up just dancing. Like her whole entourage was dancing and it felt Mm -hmm. like a party. And so it was after that, which was Father's Day 2006, that I found out I made it. Mm. And I called my dad. And I was like, Dad, happy Father's Day. I oh, made it. Nice. <laughs> so from that. Your dad wasn't like, who's Beyonce? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> but pretty much from that point, it was it, the experience was extremely transformational. Yeah. For me, just like coming from the jazz world and then and then imparting all of those things, you know, from the pop industry and right. seeing how her her machine is just well oiled mm. it's just yeah. from management i mean there were some things in there that it's like what why are we here it's eight <laughs> hours like watching choreography and not playing but the the concept behind it is really yeah. like she wanted everybody there she wanted the spirit and the energy to be right for a tour so we all invested our time whether we were playing or not or right. learning just to see and i realize now that in retrospect i'm like man that really became a part of my DNA, mm-hmm, yeah. um, whether I was playing or not. Now I'm able to incorporate many of those things um, into like what I'm doing at Berkeley, mm-hmm. uh, teaching at Berkeley College of Music, and creating these massive pr- productions that integrate uh, strings, lighting. Like I'm, I'm doing, I'm directing the details. whole show. Yeah, yeah. details. Yeah, and I, I learned it from just watching and being oh you can go ahead and say it i learned it from beyond you you kind of casually tossed off that word from the jazz world to the pop world but like you didn't just go from the jazz world to the you went to like the the top and yeah. yeah, you didn't go to like a top 40 gig at, at, at the ramada inn or something I know. no i was doing those too though oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. no but yeah. i mean i think it's it's uh you know that that transformation is as you as you call it was uh, that was fun to see you because I kind of knew you a little and then yeah. got to, started getting you know doing some gigs here and there. But I think what you were really masterful doing as well was you always kept your jazz street cred going mm-hmm. during that. And then I think that you even kind of maybe left that and some other things in a way earlier than than you probably could have yeah. in order to really follow your passion. I could always feel that. Yeah, you know? thank you, Peter. For I mean, th- I remember um, so Healing Space came out. And then Decisive Steps, I recorded Decisive Steps, and that was the last year that I was in Beyonce's band. But the impetus for that album, I remember sitting in the back of the tour bus, and I was like, I don't want to be bound to this gig 
because I'm stuck, I'm fearfully stuck based off of this, um, the superficial yeah. emotional attachment that you have. Oh, you're playing with Beyonce, you're Beyonce. Right. I would never leave that gig. And so I, this, I came up with this phrase, um, living life uh, with faith and not fear, mm. moving forward mm. in faith and not fear with decisive steps. And it was at that p- point in my life that I said, I don't, I don't want to be stuck yeah. here because I saw I saw how many people were there for years and years and yeah. years, and they were always talking about, I want to do my own thing. Right. I mean, and they just kind of got married to the emotional connection of being out Beyonce or even the financial stability, sure. whatever that was. So many trappings that you could just take the easy way. Yeah, to, exactly. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was easy, but I really, I, it was at that moment where I was like, this is a stepping stone for me to move back in. So I always kept my tabs always um moving in the jazz world when i was on tour i was reaching out to ralph peterson t.s monk yeah. letting them know i'm home yeah. for this month you guys have any gigs now that's know. killing i mean you didn't have to do that <laughs> you could have just been like chilling in the caribbean in between tours this is was, true no but that's that's but you uh, know that's good not just if you have the beyonce gig and you want to do something else but i think in general yeah you know what i mean whatever you're doing to yeah. keep that kind of attitude in mind yeah because i think in the jazz forward yeah and we're, we've talked about this before on the show is that's like in the jazz world, we want to be like, oh, we're the jazz police. You can't do this. You can't do that. But it's not binary like that. There's there's mm-hmm. so many great. And that was a killing band, too. Yeah, like yeah, that was the, the whole thing about being an all female band. I always thought was a little bit of I mean, that's a cool thing yeah. visually and everything. And the concept is great. But that was just a killing band, period. And, and I like it when it was kind of acknowledged as that. I mean, just slamming and very skillful and mm-hmm. high level, you know, across the board. But um you know, those of us that have gone into different situations, but besides just straight ahead jazz, there's a whole world of music out there. And to bring the jazz seriousness and sensibility, but also to bring, you know, the pop, the, yeah. the, the pageantry and like, you know, I mean, the stuff mm-hmm. that people actually I mean, look, how many how many jazz great jazz players are sitting around with like flannel shirts and jeans in a poorly lit club? <laughs> like, how come people don't like us? I'm like, dude, I'm a, I'm a jazz musician. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm depressed, man. <laughs> And so it's like now what, what you bring with your albums and your live show. I remember seeing you at Atlanta Jazz Festival oh, yeah. last summer, man. That was such a fun show. Oh, and like, thanks. I mean, your band and you were just killing. But you also had enough, like just the right amount of that show mm. element. Like the, your, your programming is killing. Mm. Like it was just like I was over there Thank dancing you. on the side of the stage. you know. And then I remember you looked over and kind of smiled. And I, yeah. I was getting so excited. I thought you were like, sit in. I was about, I was, oh, oh, no. You were just saying, what's up? I was going, yeah. So I kind of, I told you, you thought that you had the dance card pulled? Yeah, yeah. No, I thought she was calling me up to sit in. I thought I took a couple steps, and then I was like, I'm pretending like I was just dancing to play it off. I'm like, all right, I'll catch you later. All right, cool. No, but okay. So let's talk about Diamond Cut, your latest record. First of all, you're you're like one of the longest tenured artists, I believe, on Mac Avenue at this point. Is this four? No, um, this is five. 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 Yeah. Yeah. No, this is four for Mac Avenue. Yeah, one, two. So five total. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, you've been, like, you know, really as, as associated with the ascendancy of the label yeah. as, as really, like, a, a, a serious, you know, force in the jazz world at a time when everything's been so unstable with mm. the recording industry in general. Um, but the great thing that's happening now is you're nominated for a Grammy Best Jazz Album of the Year, right? Yes. Yeah. And that's coming up in a couple of weeks, and we're, like, super proud and excited oh, about that. Oh, thank you, you for know? your love, Peter. And, um, <laughs> and, and, and mainly just because of you and because the album's killing. Oh. 
and uh, you know we were listening to a little bit on the way in. But you were mentioning something too about the number of women that have been nominated in this category, and how you're actually the second. Yeah. After whatever 60, 70, 61 years, wow. yeah, of the Recording Academy. Yep. So ironically enough, I mean not ironically, but um, Terry Lynn Carrington produced the album, and yep. she just put her thing on it. Like yep. she has. I couldn't have done this without her mm. by any means. Just even on the forefront of the recording, I remember being on tour with her. We were in Europe and we were walking through the airport and she was like, Tia, this next album, because I wanted to do a funk album, more mm-hmm. groove. Work. She was like, no, you really need to just kind of dig the point that you're a bona fide jazz musician, get, mm-hmm. get some cats on there that are legends, mm-hmm. Dave Hall and Jack. So it was from that, that from her guidance and her wisdom that she's led me all the way through this process which is really a blessing yeah. and ironically enough she is the only other female leader who has been nominated in the best jazz instrumental al- album category mm. for 61 years wow um there were um in uh, in the research uh, mary lou williams was a side woman with some band and i don't know what year that was mm-hmm. and then esperanza spaulding was also a side woman nominated with the uh, joe lovano's Lovano, right. uh, um, us five but other than that there have been, there haven't been any other not even nominations we're not, not even, even talking about winning exactly right. nominations but terry won yeah. yeah, Terry was nominated. She was the first one to be right. nominated and to win. Yeah. And that was in 2014. Right. So, yeah, well, I mean, I think that to me is, um, I, I, I just pray that it's a way that we're changing more of the landscape. Yeah. It's happening slowly but surely, but changing more of the landscape of, of what this jazz looks like mm-hmm. and what the true story is and not just his story. Right. Because um, the more research that I do, Mary Lou Williams taught Dizzy Gillespie and Thelonious Monk. They yep. used to go to her place, you know, after gigs in yep. Harlem, and they would study with her. Or uh, Lil Hart Armstrong, you know, held the ladder, really, that uh, Louis Armstrong climbed on. She was um, responsible for his arrangements, uh, for the Hot Five and Hot yep. Seven arrangements, yep. um, and really pioneered his career to say, you need to go out and be your own, a leader. Yeah. Uh, Melba Liston, you know, mm-hmm. was writing arrangements for Gerald Clayton. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so many other Vi, Vi Red, um, mm. Vi Red or Viola Vi Dave Burnside. I'm sorry, she, um, she her classmates were Sonny Rollins, Coleman Hawkins, mm. and then Vi Red was on tour, saxophonist and flout, or um, saxophonist and singer. She was on tour with um, Count Basie Orchestra. Mm. So all these women throughout the history right. have always been there. Yeah. You know, and I mean, not to mention Hazel Scott. Um, God, dog. I was watching some videos of her and she was like one of the first black women to to have her own show and then be also featured in Hollywood. Mm. But it was so much emotional strain based off of her having to feel like politically she had to uplift, keep herself uplifted in the high uh, racial times and, you know, sexist. And she just got tired and kind of just stop but so I'm I'm seeing that throughout now I'm I'm praying that more visibility will give more light to what the landscape should look like you know on the scene is especially I mean Grammy Awards are great but really what's being reflecting as to what is really happening out there yeah but I think it's I think it's important you know even there's a symbolic uh, uh, element to it and we all know like 
win the Grammy, sometimes a great record doesn't win or does, you know, doesn't. But then even this the nomination thing and, and being yeah. in that category, I, I think that I, I agree. I, I really hope and pray. And it feels like we are entering a period now where the floodgates are going to be kind of open. And it's not going to be like one every couple of years as far as yeah. a woman being nominated, I think. Because there's so much great material and so many great young women coming up now that mm -hmm. we know about that people haven't even heard about that are going to be doing records in a couple of years yeah and i think that you know we, you know we, we need to keep pushing yeah. we need you to know, keep pushing the history that you just went through that needs to be taught mm -hmm. more yep. and more intensely to both mm -hmm. young women and young men so mm -hmm. that i see those those people you know as as idols to look up to yeah yeah the lineage and see themselves you know yeah yeah, yeah. I, I have this powerpoint presentation on history of women in jazz and so i mean of course those are forefront my mind because it's you know they're images that i've really dug into and i'm like man i didn't even know half this stuff until i really started to seek it out yeah and it was as a woman but i think even when i show it to my young men yeah. um, in master classes, they even find it really interesting and empowering for them. Yeah. Yeah. Just well, and then there's the whole other side and I want to get back into the album because okay. I'm like I'm, <laughs> I want to hear the tune again so I can shed it for tonight. But um, <laughs> the uh, you know like Shirley Horn. Cheating man, that's cheating. <laughs> you know, one area in, in jazz of course that women have always gotten a fair amount of accolades as vocalists, of course. But like Shirley Horn is somebody that I'm always telling young pianists, female or male, I'm like, check, check out Shirley Horn's mm. piano playing. Mm. I mean, of course, amazing singer. But I mean, she was one of the best pianists of her generation, very innovative in a lot of ways. And there's a lot to learn. And I think there's there's so much to be celebrated in this music. And it's fun to even just bring up names of things. And then people, because yeah. people, you know, for me, I'm like, I'm gonna go check that out. And we can ex access all this. Like the internet doesn't just have to be a place to go seek crap and people arguing with yeah. each other you hey, know? hey that's a, the premise of our show oh that's true <laughs> that's right oh, yeah, yeah well, we can do a little bit of that but there's something to learn here all right let's get into uh diamond cut so we started off the episode here with uh the coming yeah, right? yeah. and we're gonna check out in the trenches is that right yep in the trenches can i actually preface um well the coming is really special and dear to my heart because um it's based off of a book uh, that my, one of my spiritual advisors back in Atlanta, Dr. Daniel Black, that mm. he's written. And The Coming is basically um, the, a story of a middle, the Middle Passage mm -hmm. and uh, the African's narrative, an African slave's narrative as to what that was like. And so at the beginning of the song, we heard the African drums, but the song is really, it's a smaller version of a suite that I want to do, and it really captures four. The first, the first thing is... Um, um, it captures like the Africans being captured on the land and then the transition to the boat and then being on the plantation and then either choosing freedom either through death or um, or actually life and and, and and getting become free themselves. Mm. So yeah, that's. I, I just want to share that. Is it written yet, or is it just no. this one? It's just the. It's just this song, but I haven't. I haven't really formulated this sweet. Sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks. No, but the stories that you have with a lot of your conversations, it's been fun. Some of them I played with yeah. you before behind you and heard, and then when I hear the story, it like connects the different. Uh, I mean, they, they they stand great as just music, of mm -hmm, course. Mm -hmm. But when you add in the story element and the narrative part of it, is is very exciting. Well, let's go out on In the Trenches and uh, T 
Tia. Thanks so much. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. And then by the time, what's, what's the date of the Grammys? Ooh, February 10th. It's coming up soon. Okay, oh. so this is going to be on before that. So everybody okay. will be sending, all of our listeners, sending you great energy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Nothing yeah. against the other nominees, but this no, Tia's year. We, oh, this one, you know what I'm we, we already <laughs> put that out there. <laughs> it's an honor just to be in the category, really. Yeah, really. Well, absolutely. It's, it's definitely. Well, best of luck, and thank you so much for being here. And so everybody, this is Diamond Cut, Tia Fuller on Mac Avenue, available on all the streaming places and all that but you know what go out and buy a copy yeah. get up amazon you know what i'm saying that's yeah, right yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying see these are cheap and then you get to hold tea in your hand <laughs> that's a nice thing okay thank you so much thank you peter all right.